Bekutu Sikha is Chelik Tezvav, Parsha Vechi Sikha Gimel, a summary of the Sikha. Uh, in this week's Parsha, it talks about Yaakov and the words of rebuke and blessing that he gave to his sons before he passed away. So, what did he say to Reuben? He said, Reuben, you are my firstborn. There is more that you should have received. Yes, sir, says for yes, sir, oiz. Rashi explains that there was more. You should have got also kingship and you should have got also kohuna. But it's because of your quick, you were quick to show your anger. That's why you will not be given these extra gifts, these extra honors, or these, the status that comes along with those two things. So Rashi explains that he lost two things. He lost kahuna and he lost malchus. The Targum says that he lost, there were three things that he lost. He lost also Bechaira. Because the, uh, it was Yosef that was given two Shvatim, Menashe and Ephraim, rather than Reuven, who was the Bechayr. He should have received those, that double portion. So we have to understand why Rashi leaves out Bechayr as being lost by Reuven. And only mentions Kuhuna and Malchus. And you can't say that Rashi holds that it wasn't taken away from him, that he, that he kept the Bechayr, because there's a, a Pasuk in Divri Yom, which clearly spells out the son's of Reuven and so on, and when Reuven mixed up the bedroom of his father, his Bechayda was given to the sons of Yosef, so clearly it was taken away from him. And Rashi himself also mentions it in a number of places. Then in the, uh, when the bracha that he gave to, to Yehuda, it says, Gur Arya Yehuda, you are uh, like a young lion, which refers, Rashi says, to his becoming the king, that he would become the king. Miteref Bani Olisa from causing prey, in other words, from causing somebody to be killed, my son, you rose up from that. So Rashi explains, Miteref, one, the first Rashi says, is on the word Miteref. I suspected you of being involved in the story of Torev, Torev, Yosef, that Yosef was killed, torn apart by an animal. I thought that you were part of it, but Bni Elisa, then he goes on, to the next Rashi, Bni Elisa, my son, you rose up from that. You removed yourself. You said, what gain do we have from killing Yosef? You escaped that because you didn't allow them to kill Yosef. And then he continues, and so also, by the, when they were about to kill Tamar, by that story, you admitted that, you, that she was right, and you saved her life, so you rose up from that as well. So we have to understand about these two Rashis. In the, the Rashi that describes the word miteref from causing someone to be killed, he only explains how it pertains to Yosef being sold, that he rose above Yosef being sold. He doesn't say that over there he almost allowed uh, Tamar to be killed. Beni Alisa, in the second Rashi, where it says how he rose up from it, that he escaped that, he didn't do it, there he suddenly adds in Tamar. Why doesn't he also say that miteref you almost allowed Tamar to be killed. She could have been killed in Bani Elisa. You rose up from that. Why doesn't he mention it in the first Rashi? Also, how does no, we understand why Miteref refers to Yosef? It must be referring to the, say, to the non-killing of Yosef because Torev, Torev, Miteref is a, like the words link to, those, to that story. But how does Rashi know that it also pertains to the story of Tamar? What's, where is there an indication in this passage that it has something to do with the story of Tamar? So in regards to the first question of why Rashi doesn't address the story of Tamar in the first Rashi, in Miteref, he only addresses it in the Rashi Bani Alisa, can be explained in this way. 
the words miterev b'ni alisa, those three words, can be read in two ways. It can be read miterev, from killing b'ni, my son Yehuda, alisa, you rose up from that. Or it could be read miterev b'ni, from the killing of my son, meaning the killing of Yosef, alisa, you rose up. Which We don't know which way it is. So if it means the second way that I just read, that it's from the killing of my son, you rose up, then the killing of my son only pertains to, you, to Yosef, and it doesn't pertain to, Yehud, to uh, Tamar. So therefore we wouldn't be able to say that it talks about Tamar as well. That's why Rashi first has to explain, in the second Rashi, Bani Olisa, the Bani goes together with Elisa. Miteref means from the killing. Bani Elisa, Bani, my son Yehuda, you rose up. Now that Bani means my son Yehuda, it could also pertain to the story of Tamar. That's why Rashi leaves it until the second Rashi to explain that it's talking about Tamar as well, only after he explained that Bani and Elisa go together. How does Rashi know that Bani and Elisa go together and that it's not talking about Yosef? Maybe it is to be read, Miterev Bani, from the killing of my son Yosef, you, Yehuda, rose up. The reason is because why does, the, why does Yaakov add the word Bani, my son? If it meant, if it was referring to Yosef, saying from the killing of my son, you, Yehuda, grew, uh, rose up, would not have been uh, praising Yehuda. That would have been the opposite. He was trying to praise Yehuda. You rose up from killing, from allowing Yosef to be killed. Why then mention that it's, own, it's Yosef that was being killed? He should have simply said, Miteref Alisa, from the killing you rose up. That would have meant that you rise up above killing. Who's killing are we talking about? Of course, Teref is talking about Teref. Teref, of course, is talking about Yosef. But when he says, from the killing of my son you rose up, that makes it seem as if only because it's my son, in other words, your brother, did you rise up against it. But if it was somebody else, who knows if you would have risen up against it. And since that, we can't say that that was what Yaakov was trying to say. Because why diminish the praise that you're saying? You're probably trying to give him more praise. So therefore, the, the meaning of the Pasuk must be, from killing, my son Yehuda arose. You arose. And now that we know that it means that, so now it can pertain to the story of Tamar as well. And that's why Rashi only addresses the Tamar story in the second Rashi once we know that. But this, the question still remains, how does Rashi know that it pertains to Tamar as well? Where does he take that from? So we'll understand this by first explaining a general question about this whole story. The fact that Yehuda was given kingdom rather than Reuven happened because of Ki Miteref B'ni Olisa. It's in reward for having risen above these st stories. That's why Yehuda was given kingship. As Rashi says, Lefikach, it's because of this that Yehuda was given the kingship. So we have to understand, we took it away from Reuven and we gave it to Yehuda. Let's look at the two stories and how Reuven reacted to it and how Yehuda reacted to it. Reuven, Yehuda wasn't the only one that saved Yosef. Yehuda said when they threw him into the pit, Yehuda said, what's the point, what, ma betzah, what gain will we have from throwing him, from killing him? Let's sell him to the Ishmaelin. And that's why they ended up selling Yosef to the Ishmaelin. 
Yehud Eruvin did the same thing. He did it earlier. When the, the brothers were planning to kill Yosef as he approached, he said, let's not kill him. He said, let's throw him into the pit. His intention was, as the Pasuk says, in order to be able to return him to his father. When the brothers weren't looking, he'll go take him out of the pit and bring, and bring him back to his father. So Reuven was trying to save Yosef even more than Yehuda. Ye- Yehuda only said, what financial gain do we have by killing him? Let's sell him to the Ishmaelim. That's what Reuven said. Reuven wanted to return him to his father. A much greater type of uh, saving Yosef. Same with the other story. How much did Yehuda do in order to acknowledge that he was wrong? He said one time, Tzadkamimeni, she's right. And that was the end of it. We don't hear any more about that story after that. Reuven, the, the sin that he committed, which means that when Rachel died and Yaakov's bed was always in Rachel's tent, so then Yaakov moved his bed to Bila's tent, the maidservant of Rachel, he moved it to her tent. So Reuben said, I can understand my, my mother's sister Rachel competing with my mother for, his, for Yaakov's attention, but she has to compete with the maidservant for her, her husband's attention. So he took the bed and he moved it out of Bila's tent into Leah's tent. That was considered to be a sin. What is he getting mixed into his father's bedroom situation? What did he do in order to rectify it? He was busy doing tshuva for nine years for that. At least nine years we know of because that story happened as they were arriving back in Teretz Yisrael after the, after, which Yosef at that time was about eight, nine years old. And when Rachel died, that's when she died, when they arrived back in Teretz Yisrael. That's when he, the whole thing happened. When was he sold? When he was 17 years old. That's nine years later. So nine years later, eight, nine years later, and then Reuven was busy with Sakeh B'tanisei, as Rashi says, that the reason he wasn't there when Yosef was sold was one of the explanations is because he was busy with doing tshuva and fasting and so on. So we see that he was involved for nine years doing tshuva for that. Reuven did, uh, Yehuda did tshuva one time. He mentioned that she, he was wrong. Reuven was busy nine years doing tshuva. So what does it mean he rose, uh, Yaakov praises him, he rose from uh, allowing Tamar to be killed. Of course he said that he, she shouldn't be killed. She would have been killed. Her two babies that were her, she was pregnant with twins, they all would have been killed. So Yehuda said, don't kill her. Big deal. Reuven was doing tshuva for a, a slight sin that he did. He did it because he was defending his mother's honor. He only got involved for that reason. So, compare those two stories. Reuven seemed to have done a much greater job of rising above it than Yehuda. So why are we taking away the kingship from Reuven for these two stories and giving it to, to Yehuda? So we'll understand it from the way Yaakov says it. He says, first he mentions pachas kamayim. You're rushing in like water. Your anger that you displayed, you became explosively angry without thinking about it. The impetuousness of it. Jumping into it, doing something without thinking before. And then he explains, what is the, where did he do that? He did it when he mixed up his father's bedroom situation. 
So from this we see that it wasn't about the sin of mixing up his father's bedroom that he took away those two things. It was because of the impetuousness of it. He didn't think about what he was doing. So it could be divided in this way. The reason that the Bechayra was taken away from him, the firstborn rights, which the firstborn rights pertain to him personally, he will gain two double portion and so on. For that, it was taken away a personal sin. His personal sin was that he mixed up his father's bedroom and that's why that was taken away. That was the punishment for, for getting involved in his father's thing that the, the Bechayra was taken away as it pertains to himself. There was another punishment that was given to him, which was for the impetuousness, for the pachas kamayim. That's what seemed to bother Yaakov more. That, for that, he took away the kuhuna v'malchus. What's the difference between kuhuna malchus and bechayra that we say that the punishment for the sin itself is taking away the bechayra, at least somewhat of it, and the the punishment for the anger, the impetuousness was that he was taking away the kohono malchus. Kohono malchus are both things which are outwardly focused. A king, what is the job, the role of a king? It's to take care of the needs of the people. He takes them to war, he leads them in war, he makes sure that everybody has tranquility, as Rashi says in this parsha, in regards to Gur Aryeh describing Yehuda as a king, that it refers to leading them and in making sure that everybody has everything that he needs. Kingship means taking care of the people. Kuhuna is in order to give blessings to the Jewish people, as Rashi says here. Yeser Seis means Nesias Kapayim, the fact that a Kayan lifts up his hands in order to give the blessing to the Jewish people. It's the role of the Kayanim to teach the Jewish people, to give the rulings for the Jewish people. It's outwardly focused. What is the quality, the role of a Bechayr? A Bechayr is all personal. I will receive a double portion. That's what it is. That's inwardly focused. And that's why the penalty for showing anger, which is expressed at other people, and going and doing something which pertained to his father, the, the rush to do that, the penalty for that is you showed that you're not capable of being the king. You don't know how to express, how to take care of others. Whereas for the personal sin of his thinking, that he made a mistake in his thinking, who told you that you're right in the way you think, that it should be your father also has an opinion about this. That was a personal thing about his thinking. He made a mistake. So the mistake, the uh, penalty was that the Bechayr was taken away from him, which is something that pertains to himself rather than leadership of others. And that explains also why, as far as the penalty of kingship and kuhuna, it was completely taken away from him, whereas the Bechayr was only partially taken away from him and mostly remained with him because the sin itself wasn't such a big sin. What he did was in order to show honor to his mother, and it was, uh, and it wasn't, and he did shuva, proper shuva. Therefore, the penalty was only they took away part of the bechayda. That explains that matter too, and that explains why Yehuda was given these, uh, the, the the malchus, while it was taken away from Reuven. When we look at what was the bottom line, Yehuda may not have risen to the level of um, personal perfection as Reuven in his tshuva, 
in the way that he treated Yosef and what he wanted to accomplish with Yosef but he actually ended up saving Yosef he got Yosef out of the buyer and he got them to send them off at least he saved his life what did Reuven accomplish? he had great intentions he wanted to return him to his son to his father but he didn't actually get it done they put him into the buyer over there there were snakes and scorpions he prevented them from actively killing him but he could have died from starvation he could have died from the, from the snakes and the scorpions and he wasn't even present when he was being sold why? because he was busy with his own, with his own tshuva had he been there he could have saved him bottom line is Ruvain saved Yosef Ru, uh, sorry, Yehuda saved Yosef Ruvain wanted to save Yosef but didn't actually do that for the most part the same is true for the story with Tamar Ruvain actually saved Tamar from being killed uh, Yehuda actually saved Tamar from being killed but Ruvain, he did a great tshuva but the tshuva was only self-directed it only perfected him it didn't show any it didn't have any uh, effect for other people and since the king has to have the uh, his role is to protect other people and to do things for other people even though his personal status is not as great that's the job that he gets to get done that's why Yehuda was given that and that's why he was taken away from Reuven and that's why Rashi knows that Yaakov must have been addressing the story of Tamar as well because since Reuven had both qualities the quality of that he tried to save Yosef and also the quality that he did a great tshuva so therefore Yaakov was trying to show that Yehuda rose above him in both of these stories in his tshuva that he did in the case of Tamar he responded, he showed how Yehuda's tshuva rose above Reuven's in, in regards to the role of being a king and that's why he must have been addressing that as well the Rebbe says that this is a personal lesson to us that Yid cannot be focused only on self-perfection. We have to be involved in Abbas Yisrael in helping others as well. And when you help another Jew, even though you're not as perfect as somebody who is working all the time on self-perfection, but since Abbas Yisrael is Kola Kula, so when you do something, when you practice Abbas Yisrael, you capture Kola Kula, which means that you that through that way you are you have the perfection of the entire Torah which another person through his own efforts cannot reach the entire Torah by self-perfection so you have that gain as well